you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 260 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the umpires get involved again, but I also want to mention a little bit about Frankie Montas's uh, pitch mix in that certain at-bat against Brett Phillips that ended up being the game-winning home run for the Rays, so I want to get into a little bit of that. Uh, in the second segment, I'm going to be introducing a new, a new thing for Wednesdays, and it is Water Cooler Wednesday. I will explain everything about that in the second segment when I introduce that. And then in the third segment, we're getting back to talking about the the upcoming team on the schedule for the A's, and that is the Baltimore Orioles. I know we just saw them play, but they're, uh, the two, two pitchers that will be pitching for them this coming weekend have just pitched, so I want to go over their performances as well. One of them is the former Dark Knight himself, Matt Harvey, and he did well, so... Uh, May as, may as well just uh, shout them out on that one. So uh, that's what we got coming up for you guys today. And I also want to let you guys know that tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29 through May 1st. And while we're getting plugs out of the way, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Uh, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Love hearing kind words. Uh, you can also just DM me nice things, too. That I also like those. Um, and at the end of yesterday's episode, I said that episode 300 is coming up in like the next couple of months. And I wanted to start kind of trying to plan that out as like a coming out of quarantine birthday party kind of thing. I want to celebrate if possible. And I want suggestions for who, who should I go talk to? Should I talk to somebody classic like Jerry Blevins just retired today? Uh, congrats on retirement. Should I reach out to him? Try and see if I can coax Jerry Blevins to coming on the show. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I love lefty relievers. Uh, should I do somebody that's more current? Uh, what should, who do you want to hear me talk to? So send me your suggestions at Locked on A's on Twitter or on Instagram and uh, let me know and I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, I, I will at least I'll, I'll try and have somebody is the goal is somebody. So without further ado, let's get into the A's and Rays game. The Rays won four to three. The A's are still in first place. So that's great. Frankie Montas. This is what he does. He's either pretty good or a little meh. And today he was pretty good. It, he gave the A's a quality start, which is a plus. I know that that still means it's a four or five ERA, but Hey, a quality start is a quality start, whatever. He went six innings, gave up six hits, three earned runs, walked two, struck out five. He won 105 pitches, which 
I don't feel like we see the A's do very often is go over 100 pitches, so that's cool. And I, I've mentioned it before. He has not pitched more than 96 innings in a season, and if they're going to let him go 105, maybe they're trying to stretch out his arm a little bit more to get him ready for going more than 100 innings this season, which is something that he has not done. So I'm very intrigued by that. Uh, his counterpart, Michael Waka for the Rays, he went five innings, gave up five hits, an earned run, didn't walk anybody, struck out two, so that was a plus. Sean Murphy, He's uh, he's crushing the ball right now, you guys. Let's talk about that. He went two for four with a solo home run. And, you know, obviously the home run didn't end up mattering. The A's were already down four to two in the ninth. But he did have three hard hit balls. And that leads me to believe that he's starting to turn it on. He had a home run in Monday's game. He has a home run in Tuesday's game. I don't know if he's, he's going to be playing one of the next two games. I don't know if that'll be Wednesday or Thursday's game. I believe that both pitchers are righties, so it doesn't really matter. But let's talk about these hard hit balls for a second. In uh, his first at bat, he had a single that was 103.6 off the bat. That is a scorched single. The launch angle on that one wasn't necessarily high, but uh, I think it was like 12 degrees. I, I'm not, I'm trying to remember what I read. I can't, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, he also flew out at 95 miles an hour, which is the bare minimum for a hard hit ball. So, you know, it, I know that it's barely a hard hit ball, but it was a hard hit ball. It counts. And then the home run was 112.8 off the bat. He has that kind of, uh, that, that's a, that's a great tool for him. And one thing that I have noticed is, uh, I, it's obvious, but he can crush the crap out of the ball, which is wonderful. That's what you want to see. But it feels like he's always trying to crush the crap out of the ball. He doesn't have like a singles or doubles approach. It's always swing hard, hit ball far. And if that's not happening, then I think that he tends to struggle. So if he were to go the opposite way a little bit more or, you know, shorten his swing a little bit more to get uh, less, fewer strikeouts, less home runs, but also get on base at a decent clip. I think that that would make him a more rounded catcher at the dish. Whether or not that's something that the A's are interested in, I don't know. But uh, if you see him start to do that a little bit more, I think that that'd be great. He's still hitting below the Mendoza line. I think he's at like 174 right now. So, but he's starting to heat up. He started off very cold. He's starting to heat up and I'm getting very excited about the Sean Murphy breakthrough because I've been talking about it for a while now. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about Vimeo Machin's error in the first, which played a run. I, I know that he bobbled the ball at third base. He was playing for Matt Chapman, who has also been struggling. I'll talk about that here in a second. But I also don't know if Matt Chapman would have made that play. It ate him up a little bit. But by the time that by the time that Matt Chapman, if he had fielded it cleanly, I think that the runner, Kevin Kiermeyer, who let off the game with a triple, which is probably the bigger sticking point as opposed to whether or not Vimeo Machin or Matt Chapman could have thrown this guy out. But the runner went on contact and he was two thirds of the way down the line before Vimeo Machin would have been able to handle the ball. If he had done it cleanly, that would have been great. But before he would have been able to be in a throwing motion two thirds of the way down the line. And then you got to get the ball there. Sean Murphy has to tag him. I don't know that the out would have been recorded, even if it was Matt Chapman and his excellent defense and excellent throwing arm. So I know that it looks bad on Vimeo Machin, especially in a one-run game, but I don't know that it would have changed the outcome of the game, even if Matt Chapman had been there in that certain situation. Uh, Vimeo Machin also got his first career RBI later in the game on a ground out, but still, he got his first career RBI, so good job on him. Uh, let's talk about Matt Chapman for just one second. Uh, maybe I'll do another uh, water cooler Wednesday. You don't know what that is yet, but maybe uh, once you find out what that is, you'll come back to this part of the audio and be like, oh, that's what he's talking about. But uh, right now, Matt Chapman is in a one for 24 slump, which is why he got the day off. And he uh, 
He struck out again, so that wasn't great to end the game. He is 1-for-24 with 12 strikeouts. He's, he's looking lost at the plate right now. He's not hitting the ball hard necessarily. He's not doing great. And it's one of those slow slow start things. It's at the beginning of the season, it catches the eye a little bit more because he's still hitting below 200, which is kind of like the bare minimum for uh, major league players. You're like, once they start hitting 200, the season's, uh, you know, for real. And he hasn't done that yet. So he'll get on a hot streak. He'll start hitting better. He'll probably start carrying the team for a minute. That'll be a lot of fun. But uh, right now, he is not looking good. Maybe I'll dig into that for next week's Water Cooler Wednesday. Uh, but maybe something else happens, too. We'll find out. Uh, I also want to talk about another downside of uh, the A's game, and that was Seth Brown. He hit a ball that kind of like blooped in, and it was a fair ball, but he didn't run out of the box at all because he just thought that he had sprayed it off, but it ended up being a fair ball. And it just didn't seem like his head was in that at bat for some reason. He got on first base. He, he got there. It didn't end up mattering, but you want to see guys that are plugged in, and I just want to keep everybody's attention on that. Uh, he's been great for the years. I'm not trying to discount that, but you just want somebody who's head is in the game. And that's something that you see from like the Orioles to the Tigers teams that are not winning. The A's have been on a hot streak right now. And uh, you you want to see guys that are more plugged in, uh, you know, pitch to pitch and all that stuff. I'm not trying to, you know, crap on them or anything like that. It's just something if you keep seeing it, then then we might have an issue. One in one instance, I'm not I'm not too worried. But if it's something that we see a little bit later, th then then I'm worried. And finally, let's talk about that Brett Phillips home run. Uh, not necessarily for the home run itself, but for the uh, non-called strike three, which uh, the um, this umpire crew legitimately tries to throw every single game in favor of the opposition for the A's. And uh, in this case, they did it. Good job, Brian Gorman and company. When you know an umpire's name, they're not doing a good job. And Brian Gorman, uh, I know that I've been calling him out because he's the crew chief, but uh, this is the third time that I've mentioned him in like 10 games that he's been an umpire for. That's not a good ratio, Brian. Um, and also, he's going to be behind the dish tomorrow, which <laughs> so strap in and uh, get some tequila or something, because that is not going to be a fun matchup. But I want to talk about the home run. I know that it, it should have been that the, the bat should have been over. It should have been a strikeout. Their A's are going back with a lead. The A's end up winning the game without that home run. It's it's great. But let's also talk about the role that Frankie Montas played a little bit because he did throw the pitch. And in that at bat, here's the sequence that Brett, Brett Phillips ended up seeing. He went 95.5 with a sinker, 94.1 with a sinker, 95 with a sinker, 95 with a four seam, 94.2 with a sinker. That was the one that was called a ball. And then 96.2 with a sinker. So five out of six pitches were sinkers. And I know that he's, you know, he, he had basically owned Brett Phillips up to that point in this game, but maybe throw him a splitter. It's kind of your best pitch, according to me. And it's lower in the zone. It's changing your eye level. It's a 10 miles an hour slower. Change speeds on this guy. He threw him six pitches that were within two miles an hour of each other. So he could at least get his timing down, whether or not it had movement. And that's where the home run happens I think he, you got to be able to switch pitches or switch speeds a little bit better than that and not you know 94 to 96 sure it was the hardest pitch he threw but oh well that it ended up in the seats it might not have actually made it in the seats I think that it actually just made it over the wall but still I'm saying throw him a splitter you got one more pitch to work with throw him a splitter see if he chases it I know that command of the splitter is not always perfect but Brett Phillips isn't, you know, an all-star necessarily. He's had some big moments. He's a good player. I like him a lot as a person, but 
I think that he would chase a splitter. Throw him a splitter. <laughs> so that's all that I got on the uh, the game recap there. But coming up, I've got the debut of Water Cooler Wednesday. So stay locked in with Locked On Ace to find out what the hell that is. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever. That is right, my friends. We are talking about Built Bar, and the improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still have their original 12 flavors like coconut almond raspberry, which if you put raspberry in anything, I am on board, and they do a great raspberry blend. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. They also got salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, uh, coconut, peanut butter brownie. I, there's more flavors than that. I only listed like six and they have 12 other flavors on top of the other six that I already mentioned. So they got 18 great flavors and there are even flavors in here on the website that they just release every now and then like the coconut uh, brownie chunk. That one's delicious. Uh, see what they got because they got great stuff and all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars and all the belt bars are built for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts. Give us a rating and a review. If you do, please five stars only because that's what I like to see. Um, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I'm going to be doing a, a mailbag episode probably next week, so make sure to get your questions into any one of those social channels, does not matter, or the email address. Uh, send me your A's questions, and I will answer them next week. So let's debut Water Cooler Wednesday. I should have some sound effects for this, maybe maybe next week. But uh, Water Cooler Wednesday is basically, uh, I had to ask the young people in our, in our Locked On uh, group chat, to see if uh, water coolers were still a thing that they know about. Uh, it's basically like things that you can talk about at the water cooler, like a cool stat that's like, hey, this is the thing that you need to know about what's going on with the Oakland A's right now. I'm going to do this uh, probably in the second segment every Wednesday. So uh, get excited. And today's topic is Matt Olson. I'm talking about Matt Olson and why he is so friggin' hot right now and maybe why this could be sustainable long term. So that's what I'm going over today. Let's get into it. Matt Olson went two for four with a double and a run scored in Tuesday's game against the Rays. He's batting 312 on the season with a 990 OPS. That's on base plus slugging. Uh, that, that's really good. If you get anywhere near a thousand, you're having a really, really good season. And I think that league average is like 700 right now. So he's well above that. And even in it, like over the course of a full season, if you get to like 800, you're, that, that's what you kind of want for like fantasy purposes. And he's at 990. So he's doing very, very well. He's near the, lead, the top of the leaderboard in home runs. That's also great. Um, and you can look at his baseball savant page and see a lot of red. I'm not getting into that right now. I'm taking some stats from Baseball Savant, but I'm not just saying, yeah, look at his Baseball Savant page, and then, hey, he's really good. That's pretty cool. That's not that's not fun at the water cooler. I'm going to give you the stat, the stat that I'm looking at right now and saying, yeah, this could be sustainable. He's made some changes. I'm buying into Matt Olson right now for the rest of the season. And here's that stat. This stat is 
18.1 strikeout percentage. I know that that's not, you know, what the glory days of baseball had or anything like that, but it is the lowest in any full season that he has had by six whole percent. He's not just like winnowing down his strikeouts. He's striking out a quarter less than he did at his best. He's at 18.1% right now. Last year, he struck out 31%. And up until, I mean, I sat on this information for like five days because I found this out on like Thursday or Friday and I'd already recorded by that point. And uh, I've been, I, I have not had the moment. So I, I made this segment so I could tell you about Matt Olson's strikeout rate and why that is so impressive. Uh, at that time, when I initially came up with all this stuff, he was striking out half the amount that he did last season when he was struggling so hard. And it, it's obvious he's doing something different. I think that it's his approach personally, because his walk rate is also down at 8.4%, which is also a career low. But I think that that has to do more with a new approach and not getting as deep into counts and he's attacking pitches. And that is excellent. You want, if he's putting up, you know, a 312 batting average with a 990 OPS, am I going to be mad that he's not walking as much? No, his OPS, his on base is still over 370. He's doing just fine. He's crushing the ball. He's, he's perfect right now. This is peak Matt Olson. He's playing so well right now. One other factor that's contributing to his success right now, he's got a barrel percentage of 20.3. That is in the 95th percentile in baseball. He, he's swinging. He's barreling balls. He's cr crushing balls. Uh, he's 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 looking really good, you guys. And he's killing fastballs and off-speed pitches. He's having a little bit of trouble squaring up breaking pitches, batting just 200 against them with two home runs. But the average launch angle of those breaking balls that he's hitting is at negative four degrees, which is basically, it's a ground ball. It's not basically a ground ball. It is, in fact, a ground ball. But then I looked at how he's doing with two strikes on breaking pitches, and he's actually hitting 333. The expected batting average is a lot lower than that, but still above what he has overall, and that's at 229 uh, expected against breaking pitches. He's only had 10 plate appearances with a breaking ball that was put in play, so it's not a huge sample size by any means. But with two strikes and those breaking pitches that he is putting into play and not striking out on, he does have a launch angle of 29 degrees, which is still home run worthy, probably because he has two home runs on breaking pitches with two strikes on him. So he's doing something different at the plate. I don't know necessarily what it is, what the approach is, because I'm not that kind of scout or anything. I'm not a scout by any means, but I look at numbers and I'm like, hey, there's something here. And then hopefully somebody else that's smarter than me figures that out. Um, so if you got an idea, I, I don't think that he's shortening his swing because he's still got two home runs against breaking pitches with two strikes. He's just, I think he's attacking balls earlier in the count than usual. Uh, I'll have to look into that a little bit further, but what I really wanted to share with you guys is that that his strikeout rate is at 18.1%, and that's because he struck out a couple times on in Monday's game. It was still sitting really pretty going into Sunday. I'm like, ooh, I'm looking good for uh, for Water Cooler Wednesday, and then it didn't happen because Rich Hill was like, hey, here's a curveball, Matt, and he's like, ah, what do I do? Uh, so uh, Rich Hill, uh, <laughs> he's right there with Brian Gorman on my list for ruining my life. But um, so uh, as these go on, I'll, I'll get these in more depth and I'll give you guys that one stat that you need for the water cooler each and every week. So make sure to tune in on Wednesdays for Water Cooler Wednesday. And coming up for the rest of this episode on this Wednesday, the the debut of Water Cooler Wednesday, I'm going over the Orioles' last two games because uh, we, we haven't caught up on them yet. Uh, I know that we just saw them play, but we're going to talk about their, their two starters for Saturday and Sunday.
Sunday, see how they performed against the vaunted Yankees lineup. So uh, stay locked in with Locked On A's and hear about the O's. Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on. The Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg in the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Uh, so if you like horses racing or footballs being thrown, Bet Online has you covered. They also got futures on those NFL drafts. So if there's like a if you're a Niners fan or a Raiders fan, because A's fandom is split between those two camps, um, if you like one of the picks that were made and you're like, hey, I think that this team can go all the way or win the division. Bet Online has futures on that for you guys. And they also got you covered with all the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, also the, known as the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs for the playoffs. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. And that is why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe. You've already made it through two segments. Just subscribe every day. Hear this voice yelling at you about A's baseball. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's. If you don't want to hear me yelling at you about A's baseball, follow us on social media and at Locked On A's over there. I also do pictures on Instagram, so that's fun. Uh, you can also follow me personally at ByJasonB on Twitter or on the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions, I'm doing that mailbag episode. Send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Come. So let's get into the Orioles' last two games. I'm going to start with Tuesdays because it's more fresh, and uh, it gives me more hope for the weekend series. Uh, the schedule, the probable pitchers have not necessarily been announced, but if you just do the math, it looks like John Means will be starting on Friday against the A's. So that should be lots of fun, I suppose. I'm actually intrigued to see if the A's, after having just seen him, you know, five days previously, uh, do better against him and his changing speeds and what his pitches look like. But he also seems like the kind of guy that will just do the exact opposite of what they're expecting still. So uh, that should be a fun matchup. Looking forward to Friday. Woo. Uh, also, before I get started on these games, I do want to mention that the A's will be flying for, uh, across the country on uh, Thursday night, going from Tampa back to Oakland and then facing John Means. So if their bats look a little bit sluggish, I kind of expect it, but if they don't, then watch out for the rest of the homestand. I'm very excited because John Means already shut him down in Baltimore, and then they're going across the country uh, doing time changes and all that stuff. I know that it's nice to be home, and they're playing at 10 a.m. our time on Thursday, but still, it's not easy to just get up, you know, immediately. So if they take the, the Friday game off with the bats, sure, whatever. Uh, but anyways, let's get into the Orioles getting spanked by the Yankees on Tuesday. It was Sunday starting pitcher for the Orioles, who will be starting on Sunday for the Orioles, Bruce Zimmerman, unless he gets sent down after this performance. He went three and two thirds innings, gave it gave up nine hits, four earned runs, a walk and three strikeouts. He uh, he didn't look very good. Um yeah, nine hits and three and two thirds. Not great. I believe he gave up two home runs as well. Uh, one of those was to Judge. The other one was to Gashioka, the backup catcher. Or maybe he's their actual catcher now because uh, Gary Sanchez not doing great. Also, Corey Kluber, uh, 
not a big Corey Kluber fan. Uh, he's a robot. He's also on the Yankees. Not a big fan. But I do want to point out that he did go six and two-thirds innings, gave up six hits, and earned a run, walked two, struck out five. And uh, it's nice to see him returning back to form a little bit. I know it's against the Orioles, and he's on the Yankees, and all blah, 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 blah. But still, it's nice to because he's on my fantasy team. I would like to see him do better than he has been because he has not been great, and I've debated dropping him. And now uh, the debate the debate will continue for at least another week. But this is his first win since April 20th of 2019. Uh, he made two more starts in that season and then was done. He also made a brief appearance in 2020 and then was shut down again. So it's nice to see him give this kind of a performance just from, you know, a personal baseball perspective. Uh, good job for Corey Kluber. Hopefully uh, he brings my fantasy team to glory later on. But uh that's basically the game. I'm not getting into how they scored runs. It was a bunch of home runs. The Yankees hit a bunch of home runs. Whoop-de-doo. Not a fan. But before I touch up on uh, Monday's game, I do want to also mention that Baltimore has the fifth best bullpen ERA in baseball. Uh, it's just over three. So good. I mean, you got to get to their starting pitching. We saw it over the weekend. The they have a really good bullpen, and it's underrated. They're going to be moving guys up and down, getting fresh arms. Uh, they've already done that. They... Uh, the guy who uh, debuted for the Orioles on Sunday, I believe it was Zach Lowther, Lowther, one of those two. Uh, he he pitched in his major league debut. He got out of it and all that stuff. He he pitched well, and then he was optioned the next day. And then they brought up a relief pitcher by the name of Jay Flaw Flay. It's F L A A. Uh, didn't look up the pronunciation guide because it doesn't matter because he was also optioned a couple days later. They're keeping that bullpen fresh is my points. I don't care what their names are right now because they're not going to be in that series, uh, I don't think. So that's just something that I thought was interesting. Also, the uh, Baltimore rotation ranks 23rd in baseball in ERA at, with like a 4-6 or a 4-8. Uh, so they're not doing great with a rotation except for John Means, who the A's luckily get to face twice in one week. So that's wonderful. Uh, going to Monday's game, though, the Orioles actually won that one four to two against the Yankees and literal Matt Harvey, literal Matt Harvey, the current version of Matt Harvey went six innings, gave up three hits, one run, walked three, struck out five. That is his best start by far of the season. And it came against the Bronx Bombers. So that was interesting. So maybe he, he found something that works for him just ahead of his start with the A's. That'd be a lot of fun because he'd been going like four or five innings, maybe. And now maybe he figured something out. So uh, that'll be a good time. Maybe it's going to be a revenge game for Matt Harvey after the A's signed him as a minor league free agent and then said, nah, we're good. So <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. Uh, but so if you're questioning what the rotation is going to be, uh, according to Fangraphs, the, the roster resource page on Fangraphs, it looks like John Means is going on Friday, followed by Harvey and then uh, Bruce Zimmerman. So that's what we got going. Uh, the A's rotation should shake out fairly similarly. You got Luzardo, who started that Sunday game along with John Means, and then Shamanai, uh, who started Monday, and then Frankie Montas, who started on Tuesday. So that's what I assume that the pitching matchups will be. Uh, but, I mean, we'll find out if Mike Fires makes his way into the rotation by that point because he pitches really well in Oakland. Maybe they're just having him as a long reliever for now as a decoy, and then they'll just deploy him as a starter because uh, he owns the Oakland Coliseum, apparently. So that'll be a lot of fun. But that is all that I got for you guys today. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be talking about the game, going over the Orioles game. Um, I also, I know that I've said that I have a lot more conversation with Ulysses Sambrano. Um, I don't know how to fit it into episodes because I feel like the show is best when I'm sitting here talking and telling you guys about what's going on 
and that's what I'm passionate about. That's what, I think that that's why it's better is because that's what I like. But I also really like this conversation that I had with Ulysses uh, Samrano of the Lockdown Rays podcast. And if you guys have been enjoying that, I'll release it as a bonus episode over the weekend so that you guys can just hear the rest of the conversation because it was fun, but it's kind of outdated by this point. So I don't want to give you guys outdated information or anything like that. Uh, but if you just enjoy baseball talk, it's a great conversation. We had a lot of fun. We, and we enjoy each other, which is fun. And uh, he does also have more questions for A's fans. He had a question for A's fans. He needed help from us on uh, on Tuesday's podcast, uh, the, the Brian Gorman titled episode. But he also has another question later on. So if you end up listening to that podcast, please reach out and uh, answer his question for him because uh, he definitely could use some help from A's fans. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, A's fan. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you tomorrow. 